Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All I will say is welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today at the desk is producer Jim Viscardi. What's up? And in this Skype window over here, with a Jim Viscardi name over him, is my co-host, Mr. Matthew Aguilar, and his baby, who I will not tell you the baby's name for legal reasons, that's right. but that's his beautiful, baby beautiful secret, baby. safe. He's at home today because uh, we had an incident in the studio, uh, some weather incident that kind of sent us scrambling. But we're back, and we're still here to podcast for you guys you today. You didn't see the picture. It was not weather-related, but okay. It wasn't weather-related? <laughs> what happened? A car ran into the Transformer. Oh, 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 wow. That's a much better story. So what we had out here in Nashville, Tennessee, is uh, a driver who we hope is okay ran yes. into a power Transformer and... Uh, Knocked out power for our entire complex, mm -hmm. and uh, so we've been scrambling all around town, but we are still back here to give you the podcast, because we got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about a pregnancy in the Batman universe, yeah. some casting for that He-Man reboot that's coming our way, something Marvel that's happening on the Fortnite front, and we're going to take some deep dives into... The second run of the X-Men Dawn of X relaunch, which begins with Wolverine number one out this week. And we're going to do a review of Star Wars The Clone Wars final season, as well as the preview of this year's Toy Fair. So, like I said, we have a lot of geek culture to cover today. So we are glad you are with us, and uh, let's get started without further ado. Starting right at the top from the uh, DC side of things, we all know about the kind of uh, end of Tom King's run. We've been talking about it on the show quite a bit, more than most comic book things we talk about, but uh, it was a big <laughs> deal to us here, obviously, as Batman fans. And so King is still going to be continuing with the Batman Catwoman series. And in case he, there just needed to be a little bit more hype for this series and get people, uh, you know, aware that it's happening and that they should uh, pick up a book and read it, he dropped a kind of mega bomb, well, really, let's just call it what this show would call it, a grenade in the room <laughs> on social media, Tom Very King true. dropped, in the form of a promotional image of Batman and Catwoman standing atop a Gotham City rooftop complete with statue, gargoyle Which is statue, so unsafe. In a nice little prom pose embrace. And, of course, in Very that prom hand, pose, you notice the prom the pose. It's kind of a Alabama prom pose. I'm just kidding. Oh, the state of Alabama. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> because Catwoman is pregnant. <laughs> I'm sorry to the state of Alabama. All right. So moving right past Man. that. Catwoman's pregnant in the image. Batman fans are freaking out. They're freaking out first because Pratt Catwoman is pregnant at all. 
And second, because the way Tom King decided to show us this was a pregnant cat woman in her skin-tight, you know, spandex bodysuit, standing atop a rooftop on, a, on the precipice of a stone gargoyle, hugging with Batman, while she has a very... I mean, this isn't a little baby bump. This no, is like this is, third like, trimester, far along, like, ready-to-go pregnancy stuff. So... Naturally, that sparked all kinds of hilarious reactions you can read on comicbook.com DC um, with fans just kind of ranging from she's already kind of a failed mother because she's doing this to obviously this I, this promo image was uh, created by a man, which is like the biggest thing um, to Tom King. But um, I thought well, we'd get this on and talk about it just as a story concept and the image itself. And I thought, as much as I just want to rag on Tom King because it's so easy right now because it's such an easy target to do with this picture, um, let's just be clear, just in the format of comics, this is just a promotional image or cover. Well, yeah, so so I got so I, so I got a bit of backstory because we, you know, I, I did a bit of digging, reached out to some folks, and DC is putting out a 80th anniversary Catwoman special. Oh, I was going to get to that, but yep. yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, and that is where this image is from. So it's drawn by Michael Jannon, colored by Jordi Belair, uh, and this story will set the foundation for what is going to happen in Tom King's Bat and Cat series, which is a continuation of his Batman run. So the thing to point out is this is not like a literal Catwoman's pregnant up on the rooftop doing this thing. This is a promotional or symbolic image to kind of let you know that this is going to be a storyline. In the Batman comics, so maybe. So okay, this so, may, this no, may be this, I, this. I think it may be a panel from the short story in the Catwoman 80th anniversary special. If so, I mean, nobody would say anything, but that is definitely what they alluded to. Okay, there you go. Well, I tried to help out and save you, DC. <laughs> I tried to just say it it's was just fine. symbolism. It's not a thing. I don't know why people are freaking out about that. I mean, it's it is just pre- an image Dude, it, to okay. get across. Let's just start at the beginning. The first thing from. A lot of the female fans who have said, this is crazy and drawn by a man, like, I get where they're coming from. Like, especially the ones who are mothers and have been through pregnancy and are like, this is nuts. Catwoman's not going to have a pregnancy. I mean, you're talking about a society where women already have to have, like, certain kind of, you know, standards of beauty thrust upon them. Now you got to be pregnant and able to fit into a bodysuit and scale a building still. Like, I mean, yeah. I How did she she get up there? it is implying. That is not what it is implying. Like it, it, it is you're right. It's not implying it. It's outright showing it. It's <laughs> not implying anything. No, Imply means I don't to think suggest. It's that this serious. is outright showing it. I'm not. And again, I'm not. I'm just a messenger. So please don't shoot me. I'm just telling you as a person who has read through all the tweets and stuff. <laughs> the second thing that people are kind of wigging out about is the timing of this. Is it, it's Catwoman's. 80th anniversary she's been around for 80 years of popularity and prominence and a lot of people not just female fans but male fans also have been like so the way we're commemorating 80 years of this character's popularity and success and and iconography and everything she means is hi you got a baby now like congratulations and it's like for some people that's not the kind of validation they were looking for for this character um, it's not a bad thing inherently. I'm not going to go down the whole children or no children thing. This is not that podcast, but I'm just saying this is what the fandom is kind of saying, and this is the kind okay. of problems that they're expressing. But those fans, then, like, yes, there is a group of fans that I I understand somewhat. But this is not the first time Catwoman has had a child in the books. Like, there was a whole run during. Like, oh yes, I let's mean, talk about the child she gave away. 
I'm saying there's a whole yeah. bit, like, there's already storylines about it. It's not like they just threw a baby at her. This is a natural culmination of a 185-run arc. Like, this is, it makes wait, wait, wait. sense so for it to go here. had a baby, though, right? She has a child. She already has a kid. She has yeah. a child. And Batman has already had a Bat Baby, who became a literal yes. Bat Baby. Like Damian Wayne. Yeah. So both yeah. of those things have been done, but Bat and Cat have never had a baby, no. correct? correct? So yeah, so it's a big deal. Here's here's it, what else. It is here's a big deal. Else. I'm just saying it's not wrong for the, the people who are like, this is the way to commemorate 80th anniversary and it's lazy or something like that. That's kind of garbage to me. That doesn't make any sense. This uh, is the natural culmination of a storyline. It's not like they're just all of a sudden going, oh, her, give no, her a but baby. Here's, but here's, here's the thing. I, I think this entire thing is a red herring. This is, you know, remember, this is a company and a creative team who hyped the marriage of Batwoman and Cat, and sorry, Batman and Catwoman, and they didn't get married, right? That's true. This, and so I have no doubt that they are going to put an image like this out there and have it be a dream sequence, them talking about the future or something like, or something else like that, that sets off into motion, whatever happens in Catwoman and, and Batman. I don't think this image is real. I think this is uh, doing exactly what it needs to do to, to generate hype, hate, whatever. And that is all this is. I could see that happening. I, you know, but this is also the same company that did Heroes in Crisis, and it's <laughs> partly the same team that did not tease that they would kill a fan favorite character right out of the gate, and they did, right? They did a bunch of things. So, like, they'll shock you, but it's not necessarily in the way you expect. So, I I don't know. I think this is more real than not. Maybe they will do the whole dream sequence thing, which, if that's the case, that's fine. I have no issue with the storyline either way. Like, if it ends up being not she's pregnant, okay, cool, just do something interesting with it. If it's the other, I'm fine with it. I've seen other storylines where superheroes have children and it's interesting. And we've seen that time and time again. So have we, I'm not it, just going to like, I feel like to seven times out of ten, marriages and children always go poorly. Seven out of ten. I mean, I can't discount that number. <laughs> but I mean, I can't. But I don't have the numbers to necessarily like off the top of my head. I can only think of a few and one of them i'm mad that they reversed in spider-man and mary jane i'm still pissed about that i'm still mad about one more day so the ones that that matter that like this years ago Get it over. could work it, hey it still pisses me off all right it was a stupid reason <laughs> it was a stupid reason i mean i just want to read the story because i like what tom king did with the whole bat cat thing i'm not mad about this because I, like some of my those issues opinion, are my favorite yeah my own opinion was you know i came in and heard about this and was like well, what would you think we were gonna there was gonna happen when they were just on the beach banging for like a month straight like the odds are not in your favor right in that case <laughs> if you're not using bat protection. Bar so. Barbara was not happy about that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, so that's what they did. And so, no surprise, they're pregnant. Okay. Um, so, I just want to see how it's handled. And and I think Agreed. that there's room for a really good character story about how Batman and Catwoman, these two fiercely independent characters, would feel now. Because Damien is different. Like, Batman didn't raise Damien Wayne. He was raised by the League of Assassins. So, Bruce has never really been in that vulnerable, I'm a dad now position. I'm a dad. And, you know, if you've been through that, you know, the first thing that happens is when you become a parent, you start to have all these kind of reverberations of, like, your own parents. Well, that's, like, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's a huge fundamental change to the character. Of yeah. I'm a dad. And, like, what does that mean for me being going out and doing all this Batman stuff? 
What does it mean for me having met an alternate version of my dad who killed <laughs> my actual surrogate dad? I love like, comics. And like that's bad Those issues awesome, on issues on issues. And I'm not, and no pun intended, but like issues on issues on issues that come out of that. And Catwoman's the same way. Like, you know, what happens when she has something really because she has this devil may care attitude. So what happens when she has something precious of her own, you know, which is always good kind of theme for a thief who steals precious things from other people. What happens when she has something precious of her own to want to protect? And like, what does that do to them? And what does it do to them as a couple? Like the, even the notion of the pregnancy, will they even make it through all of that? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot here, so I just want to see how it's executed, but I think there is a lot of questionable logic in this one image that was put out. And I can understand why I rubbed some people the wrong way, but I don't get too hyped about promo images. All right, that's it. We're going to do for that. We're going to move right along. Normally, I'd give people the last say, but this isn't a democracy, and it's only the two of you, so <laughs> let's keep going. All right, so we're going to jump over the horror side of things and talk about, uh, just really quick, we got news that there's going to be a prequel. They're going to continue another of the found footage horror franchise of the uh, 2010s. Making a comeback, kind of. Um, one of the more standout ones was The Devil Inside, if you guys remember that movie. It was a whole thing with connect the cuts, connect the cuts, that whole crazy mm-hmm. viral marketing mm-hmm. campaign and all that. And it was about a woman named Maria Rossi who ended up in a mental institution after committing a murder in three horrible, gruesome murders in 1989. And the whole premise of the film is her daughter filming a documentary about what her mother did and then going over to this hospital to see if the this whole story about demonic possession is true or not. And, of course, we all know how that ended. It always ends with the camera slumping to the floor because whoever was filming <laughs> got taken out. But this would be a prequel, presumably, say, about how Maria Rossi, what happened with her being possibly possessed by the devil and committing this trio of murders. I just wanted to bring that up because, like I said, um, it's been a minute. Like, I thought this whole genre had died, but, uh, it, I mean, Paranormal Activity kind of petered out and went nowhere, even though they were going to build this whole universe and do this whole thing. Um, so it was kind of crazy to hear this one kind of popping back up. And so I'm kind of interested to see what they do with this because like i said uh even though i didn't love the devil inside as an actual movie it was still one of the most effective horror marketing campaigns and the whole thing was this one was like the real one Mm. the real real story (laughs) like they and they didn't blink like most of these found footage (laughs) horror things did that like this is the real story of blah 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 but eventually it's just like yeah it's all fiction no the devil inside (laughs) went and kept with it. They went full method with it. Like, all the marketing was this was real. They had real files and video files from the hospital you could dig up online. <laughs> and then even at the end of the movie, to prove that it was real, they said, for more information on this case, and it was the one that ended with the website, like, go to, like, da 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 like, thedevilinside.com for more information on this case. <laughs> and, like, people were going to the website and convinced that this was really a real documentary and stuff. So I'm interested to see, like, how this continues now that it's like, just kidding, it's a franchise. Like, I, I did like the kind of premise surrounding this one. So uh, I'm going to get interested to that. But we're not going to spend too much time on that because it is just taking shape now. Moving on to the world of gaming, Fortnite's trying to make a comeback, too. Like found footage horror, Fortnite refuses to die and is trying to make a comeback. And uh, we're going to be getting something Marvel-related. Jim, this is, uh, yeah, you're up for this one. I uh, I woke up this morning at 5 and 
went just went to Twitter as I normally do, and the Fortnite trailer dropped, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I mean, I want to watch this. Watch that." And it was very, it's very James Bondy. It's about you know, it's got spy themes and whatever. And then I went to go check the Battle Pack trailer because there's there were two different trailers, and I'm watching it along. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Whoa, wait, hold on a second! Was that Deadpool?" And then sure enough, at the end where they show it's just the 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 image, the hero image for the whole thing, freaking Deadpool's there. Deadpool is coming to Fortnite. He's already made it, actually Deadpool's actually already in Fortnite. There are a bunch of little things kind of scattered across the map that you can see that are kind of de- there's like a Deadpool inflatable balloon, there's like Deadpool etchings in on a uh, a tree somewhere, but he is the the special skin that you can get by completing the Deadpool related object uh you know challenges for Fortnite season 2 chapter 2. They are losing me with these season chapter things. <laughs> but it's 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 kind of crazy. I mean, it's a it came with no warning. Like you know, it's what like wasn't data mined beforehand. Like no one they you know it. Like like when Thanos was coming, or when the Avengers stuff was coming, the Star Wars stuff was coming. Like we like we knew about that. Like that, that was stuff that was found out ahead of time, and nobody saw this coming. Um, it's not a big Marvel event type of thing. It's just. You're gonna have a Deadpool skin. You gotta keep that Deadpool IP alive, man. Dude, it's it's just it's crazy, and it's it's so funny because to me, I feel like the audience of Fortnite has gotten uh, a, a bit younger. Um, I, I know, like my nephew and a lot of his friends who are you know 13, 14 are like super into Fortnite. They love Fortnite everything: Fortnite Nerf guns, Fortnite figures, Fortnite the game. Uh, whereas you know, like guys our age, like we were big into it when it was when it first came out. We dropped off a little bit. I'll jump back into it every now and then i know you're a big apex guy yeah i'm into apex now and my reign is terrible so i, I haven't looked anywhere else <laughs> but uh but i mean i played i played for a little bit during the star wars stuff i loved uh, being able to chop people down with uh, lightsabers it was a lot of fun uh, i'm definitely going to try and get this one as far, as far as i can tell they have not said one way or the other this is a permanent skin that once you get it you will have it for a while which is interesting because when you just think of like the business of it all and licensing agreements and things like that like you know the thanos skin was only in there for x amount of time you couldn't keep any of the uh star wars stuff we were able to keep like the uh the glider the kylo ren glider wait you couldn't keep the marvel gear like the black widow stuff uh some of i guess if you bought i think that was the stuff that you could buy i think if you could buy it you could but like there were some other aspects like uh some of the other skins that were in the game that you could not like that were not kept but it's very cool. I mean, the way to, to get to it is if you're on the loading screen, uh, you'll see a, a vent that goes to – you click on the vent. It goes to Deadpool's secret room. There's a computer with a letter to Epic Games from Deadpool naturally breaking the fourth wall. It'll be weekly challenges it looks like for how many weeks. We don't know yet. Um, but what, like one of the challenges includes um, you know, not thanking the bus driver. And so I, I imagine it'll, I imagine they will get harder as the weeks go on. But I, I think it's a cool thing to add to the game. It definitely gets me uh, intrigued to potentially try and get it i'll probably try until the challenges get too hard and then i'll just be like ah whatever i mean i just want to get the skin so i can never play fortnite with it again you know (laughs) but getting it is important um here's the thing though if there was a deadpool skin in apex would you cop that apex would never do something so apex (laughs) (laughs) it's a classy it's a classy game um yeah all right we don't usually throw back in this show, but uh, we're going to do a quick boomerang because I, I did forget during our Batman discussion to mention while I was digging through Twitter, there's a certain sector of very confused people who seem to think that the Batman movie is going to make Zoe Kravitz Catwoman pregnant. Nah, son, it's not going down like that. Just everybody <laughs> chill out. Like, this is the Batman comics. The Batman movie is 
not doing this as far not as we know. Catwoman. So uh, you're good on that. All right, but moving right along from Fortnite over to He-Man. So Kevin Smith, and, and, and like this, of all the things that are just I've had to say already in 2020 that I, <laughs> like are blowing my mind that I thought I'd never have to say, <laughs> here's another one. So Kevin Smith is making an anime that's a Masters of the Universe direct sequel to the 80s cartoon. That was already weird enough, okay? <laughs> but that's how we're getting He-Man right. back in a big way finally, okay? So, cool. It got a lot better recently, and this kind of slipped through our cracks earlier this week, so we're just picking it up now, when it was announced what the voice cast of this kind of He-Man anime is, is going to be. Stacked. Yeah, voice Kevin cast. Smith is using that clout to kind of pull in a cast that is amazing. First of all, right at the top of the list, we have Star Wars icon Mark Hamill coming in as the voice of New Skeletor, which means, like, if you know Hamill beyond anything in Star Wars, you know the only other legend. big thing he's probably known for is his voice acting as Joker in Batman, the animated series. So this is going to be awesome. This already automatically makes me want to see this series. <laughs> the fact that Mark Hamill is going to be playing Skeletor, I'm like... All right, that's it. I'm in. Like, perfect. You know, perfect. Great. I would watch for that. You got Lena Headley, Lena Hetty from uh, 300 in Game of Thrones. Cersei Lannister mm-hmm. is going to be Evil Lynn, which again, amazing. Like, amazing. <laughs> Chris Wood, who is uh, Melissa Benoist's uh, husband and Monel Monel on the Supergirl series, he's coming in as Prince Adam, which is again awesome. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy herself, so great. is coming in as Tila, like <laughs> Liam Cunningham from uh, Game of Thrones, who's uh, Davos Seaworth, is Man at Arms, which is, again, freaking awesome. Steven Root from Office Space is Cringer. Dietrich Bader from Office Space and Napoleon Dynamite as King Radner. And uh, somebody even I know, Tiffany Smith, also known as Smith Lord, uh, DC host slash... Meghan Markle, actress, is going to be uh, Andra. And, and it goes, Henry Rollins is in this as Triclops. Like, it, it's, it, it's nuts. Alan Oppenheimer from the original Skeletor from He-Man and the Masters of the Universe 80s cartoon. He's coming back as Moss Man. Like, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's awesome. Like, Alicia Silverstone is Queen Marlena. Justin Long is Roboto. Jason Muse is Stinkor. Phil Lamar is Hero. The Candyman, Tony Todd as Scareglow. Oh, as man. long as Kevin Smith is making things, yeah. Jason Mewes will always have. Oh time. yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> Kevin Conroy is Merman, and Harley Quinn Smith is Lena. Like this, I mean, this is crazy. This is an awesome voice cast that automatically just makes me want to sit down and see this He-Man anime just to hear these different people mm-hmm. do scenes talking yeah. to each other. I was not excited, like a perfect kind of example for me, I was not excited about the Harley Quinn cartoon until they started rolling out the voice cast. And and then, like, and, then, and it's just perfect. It just works on that show. I was not, I had no idea what to expect from this He-Man show, and especially like if it was going to be an anime or whatever. And then they roll out this uh, this cast list, and I'm like, boom, sold. Give it to me. Because like these are all not only are they just you know are they great as you know actors in their own right, but they're great voice actors, which really goes a long way, especially for shows like this yeah. where where you you're going to need that extra level of of kind of expertise to to really make this work and it also shows to me it hints that this is definitely going to be very much a tongue in cheek series and yep. take on he man because you have. 
they're, pull, the they're thing, pulling though, a lot gonna of ups- references. Is it going to upset diehard He-Man fans? Though? Well, I think this is a very good chance of upsetting both diehard He-Man fans and anime purists. So <laughs> this could go so win-win. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like, <laughs> I mean, it sounds very much like a Kevin Smith product. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's just too many close associations to who these people are playing. Yep. And that it sounds like a lot of them are almost doing satires of their own, you know, mm-hmm. fame and, and famous character work. Like I could imagine Mark Hamill being a lot more arch and crazy over the top as Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Almost doing like a riff on Joker. Same with Lena Headey. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the original Skeletor. Skeletor, like, and even uh, dude, uh, Chris, what's his name? Could doing Prince Adam yeah. could be Chris like... Wood. Very satirical, which they've done great in certain shows like Galavan or whatever that mm-hmm. show was, where they um, do oh, yeah, kind of I princes. I forgot about that show. That show was great. Yeah, where they do kind of <laughs> princes as kind of making fun of the whole prince archetype yep. and all that stuff. So this sounds like it could be very winking and self-referential in a way of self-aware, and that's going to be interesting. But yeah, just, just the premise alone just it. makes me want to see what this turns out to mm-hmm. be. So that's He-Man. He-Man. All right. <laughs> That was very good. Yeah, I mean, was I, really I, I was that I was, was really deep good. into He Man. Don't don't test my He Man skills. I was very deep. I watched those repeat scenes, of <laughs> <laughs> those repeat cuts of the transformations and all that over and over again. All right, stay tuned because when we get back, we're gonna take take take. Uh, we're gonna take a deep dive into the world of Dawn of X again for our review of Wolverine number one. We are also gonna get a review of Star Wars: The Clone Wars season seven premiere and. We are going to take a preview of this year's Toy Fair and look at things that you might want to know are coming down the pike for uh, various good reasons. So stay tuned for all of that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All righty then. So let's talk Dawn of X. We haven't been back to this neighborhood in a while because there really hasn't been a big reason to. But uh, that's neither here nor there. That's an article coming on comicbook.com, uh, comics, pretty soon. But uh, Marvel's X-Men relaunched, Dawn of X, has been kind of putting out the books. And it's been like a 50-50 draw, I'd say. Like, you know, Marauders is great. X-Force is pretty good. Yep. And X-Men's kind of sitting in the middle. It's hit or miss. And then everything else kind of slides onto more of the miss side, at yeah. least for me. New Mutants has started to pick up interest for me. I don't know why I'm still reading that, it, but that that's whole, a book like, that just got... The really storyline where they went back to like the Kansas or whatever they were, like I just I couldn't. After, like around issue five, I was like I can't even finish this. I'm done. It just it sucks yeah. because that book looks so good. Yeah, it looks oh, great gorgeous. and it's just so yeah. boring. But um, so Excalibur, New Mutants, and Fallen Angels are just you know Excalibur. All right. Man, I had yeah. such high hopes for like an apocalypse led book and. Yeah, exactly. So we got a 50-50, which isn't a bad split with all these relaunches when you get. Um, Still a failing grade, though. things are picking up because now we're getting into the second phase, and, and it's beginning to look like maybe lessons were learned and, and things and kind of feedback and testing the market to see how these things play is coming back because what we get is Wolverine number one, which is, in a way, when I kind of read through it, a composite of 
almost all these different books in weird ways. Kofi was ready to not like this book because I liked it so much. No, I didn't. I had nothing. It had what? nothing to do with my opinion. Kofi, I just was not ready to believe you. Kofi because... looked at me and he goes, Jim, <laughs> am I really going to like this book? Or are you just like Jim on the hype train hype, uh, hyping yeah. this book? And I was like, no, I think you're really going to like this. Sure yeah. enough, Jim was right. Yeah, no, Wolverine number one was good. And what it is, is it feels like a composite of, like I said, all the books. It feels like it's playing with some of the kind of irreverent adventure of the X-Men books. It definitely has more of the purpose, kind of darker tint of X-Force. It has a lot of the fan- – it even brings in at the end some really fantastical kind of Excalibur, weird meshing of mutants and other kind of genres, in this case horror, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, it even has the Fallen Angels kind of – bend of like what do you do when you're this kind of messed up and and do that it's it's really good but it did a good job of being this kind of overall navigation through the dawn of x world in some ways better than anything cohesively we've seen so Mm -hmm. far while still being very much a wolverine story and pulling off the dawn of x trick of taking the character not not like inventing something new for him like Wolverine has a secret seventh claw like coming out of his back now like none of that it's just <laughs> no hot claws re- here yeah no hot claws uh, hot but claws, it does anyway. use things like the charts and stuff to kind of redefine the things we already know about Wolverine like I did an article about his healing factor we get kind of a different spin on what his healing factor is and kind of what it means and how it can be used and why it's now this MacGuffin in the Marvel Universe and so all of that was very interesting. And we get vampires. like, <laughs> And they're like a, in a connection between Wolverine and vampires that they, can, that they make seem logical and organic to the Marvel Universe. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. It's so funny because Marvel has tried so hard to make vampires relevant in the Marvel Universe. Dracula really specifically. Have. I remember Gotta when – that Blood movie or that Blade movie. Well, back. I just I, – because I, I was working at Marvel when – the first time X- they Marvel relaunched X-Men with a new X-Men number one. And it was like, we're bringing, I think it was Victor Gishler who was writing it. I, I can't Oh no, yeah. I love that. It was on the point. art <laughs> and holy moly, what a train wreck that was. Uh, and then like, and then vampires were kind of shunted away and, and kept off the board for a little while because it was just like, it was obvious that they were trying too hard to make the vampires work. And then you see the vampires come back, uh, you know, even more recently in Jason Aaron's Avengers run. I did a whole bunch of stuff there, which I thought was just brilliant. And, and Marvel has done a very, very good job recently, and I'm as surprised as anyone else, at making Dracula a credible threat in the Marvel Universe. To see what they have done here in this Wolverine book has me excited to see Wolverine and the X-Men go up against you know uh, vampires and, and Dracula, especially with Omega Red involved. There's the money thing. Yeah. I was waiting for that, you to get to your favorite what, part of the And Jim issue. left that out of his little story about me talking about him. Because he said, he's like, yeah, I liked it. It's all these things. It's all these things. Blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he's like, and Omega Red's in it. And I'm like, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like, all right. Now I see why you're loving it. If Sentry was in it, it would be his favorite book of all time. Wow. <laughs> Matt, what did you think? Wolverine number one. Uh, I, I really dug it. Um, I agree it for me anyway, it felt more like just a natural extension of X-Force. I mean, I, I get that Percy is writing both, but this really just feels like a X-Force spinoff for me more than anything. That's not a bad thing because I've been enjoying X-Force. So I, I, I really dug it. It put me off right at the beginning though. Not going to lie because I don't know how many, it's kind of like the Batman with the pearls and you see his parents get shot. I've seen Wolverine charred 
down to his skeleton, whatever, to start a book, I, I swear it has to be been a million times for so many series <laughs> and so many Wolverine books over the years. So like I saw that and then I saw the like, you know, I we're gonna get in spoiler territory, so I I guess it's fine. Spoiler the, warning, spoiler, spoiler warning. There's your <laughs> so the part where, you know, he's like, I killed the X-Men, you know, immediately I'm like, Oh, it's old man Logan. And like there's other the beginning didn't really sell me. It it took the middle and it's a big book by the way this book is like 70 pages yeah so it took me about midway to really get sold on what it was trying to do midway that's when that's when one story ends and a new story begins yes uh that was the big (laughs) so that was like so you did not like the first part of the story you didn't like the first story you only liked the second story I didn't, it's not that I didn't like it. It just didn't like wow me. The second story I liked much better. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that one is the one that really sold me on things. Uh, and yes, as, as Jim alluded to, that is when we get to Omega Red, there's some really interesting things at play there. Uh, I also love that villain, not as much as Jim does, but I, it's a great, I think it's a great, there's a lot of great stuff here, yeah. uh, especially towards the end for the rest of the series. Uh, the art is fantastic. Oh, it's so um, good. Throughout this book. Uh, one of the things I did actually really appreciate, though, I mean, we've said it on the show a million times, like for me, Marauders is the high bar mm-hmm. and Jerry gets Kate Pride. But also here, Percy does a great Kate Pride. There's a whole conversation between Kate and Logan that is phenomenal, I thought. I, thought I, I love scenes Kate. where where Kate and Wolverine drink. Yes. Like whenever <laughs> whenever there's a scene of the two of them drinking in comics, I'm in. Yeah, I, I thought that was wonderful. And I, I like also seeing the more lighthearted Wolverine playing with the kids, like that kind of thing, balanced with the, yeah. I can be run over by eight trucks and clawed <laughs> by things I and think I'm a terrible person. That was the thing that, it didn't take me out of it, uh, but I definitely was like, well, like I get that this is a a different Wolverine in the sense that, you know, he is fully aware that he is a clone, like his memories are there. But this this is this is not Wolverine. That Wolverine, for all intents and purposes, is probably dead. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I buy Wolverine's turn into graciousness now that Krakoa is a thing so fast. It feels that that happened very, very quickly. Like Krakoa happened and Wolverine's tickling babies. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that foundation's always been there. He's been a teacher. He's done all this stuff. Sure. Like, but he's always kind of been – like I've always considered him more of like uh, Aizawa in My Hero Academia where he's kind of always – like he keeps kind of that stuff at arm's length as opposed to no, I literally mean, tickling babies. I, I, you're talking about Wolverine who who constantly adopts teenage girls as like <laughs> – in in a non creepy yes. way, as like as their bigger brother. Like, sure, it, that's that's who he is. That's always yeah. I think and I, I think, think the, the scene with Kitty is, is so great because she's the one who calls him out on it mm-hmm. because he doesn't acknowledge that he is being this way. She has to basically say it for him. Like I know you'll never say like you'll never be emotionally vulnerable enough to say how much you enjoy this, but I I see how much you enjoy this. Like the- having people to protect and having like an actual family and a place and feeling safe is is him enjoying that. That's like, uh, it's good. That's good. The, the, okay for the X-Men not to be traumatized, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> the, I will say the biggest thing I liked about the story is that we have, we've kind of been waiting. We, you know, the, the island has already kind of been infiltrated and we knew that was never going to happen. But for the fact that 
the the X-Men have created a problem for themselves that they now have to solve with this utopia and their own medicine and whatnot is a very interesting thing to address this early on. So, you know, yeah. for the, for the for really quick um the the cliff notes are basically the the pollen from the flowers that are being used to create the medicine that the X-Men are selling to the world as a cure-all for whatever is being sold on the black market. And it's something that is basically beyond their control because yeah. it's pollen, natural you know, the jet streams and whatnot have carried it off elsewhere and people have found a way to collect it and turn it into a black market drug. To me, that's fascinating. And the fact yeah. that like, like, how do you solve, like, how do you solve that problem? There's really, you know, like Wolverine is kind of the only character that you could send in to situations like this to try and fix that. And, and that's what I'm more excited to, to see in the story. You know, you know what's crazy about that too, is that, I feel like that's what Fallen Angels was originally attempting to do. They were the whole story was about black market drugs and trying to like uh, things that were like hurting kids and hurting this other gender, this young generation. And like, I feel like, wow, you could have really just not done that whole series <laughs> and just made it this Matt, part of that first. Matt, it's wave okay. Of books. I think I think literally twelve thousand people read Fallen Angels, so it's. Fine. I mean, I'm just I saying, mean, no, like, nobody you see the book. promise. Yeah, I know, but you see <laughs> the promise, and I'm just like, wow, this story for me, like, is immediately better and more interesting in that way. Also, I just like when the writers of these Marvel books. Uh, there's some really talented people here, but not everyone has the whole, we're going to give like a giant thing of text thing down yeah. or the emails and breakdowns. Some people do. Marauders is great at it. Uh, even Excalibur is not bad at it. Uh, but this book was also great at like the stuff that pops up feels relevant mm -hmm. and feels like it's not just trying to fill space. Right. So kudos. All right. Moving right along from comics to the world of Star Wars. Clone Wars is coming back this week. It's live probably by the time you're listening. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. By the time you hear this podcast, it's probably up on Netflix. So uh, after this, make sure you go uh, check that out. But this is the long-awaited seventh season, final season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And this is the one that is going to kind of fill in the final gaps about how the events of The Clone Wars led to the situation of Revenge of the Sith. And it will also help us begin to fill in gaps about how some major character arcs went from the events of the Clone Wars series uh, and Revenge of the Sith to what we saw in Star Wars Rebels later, which takes place uh, years after the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. And people like Ahsoka Tano, Darth Maul, who are probably the biggest two focuses that fans are waiting to see in this uh, final season. But of course, the clone troopers, the final turns with Anakin that led him to the dark side, Obi-Wan, Yoda, all that stuff. So we're going to get that, and uh, Jim's going to break down, you've seen what? We've seen two episodes. Seen two episodes. So Jim is going to break down what you should expect, or what you should be enjoying about uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars final season, if you haven't clicked play on Netflix mm. quite yet. You mean Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Wow. <laughs> wow, it's 2020. Woo. <laughs> My bad, Disney. Uh, so okay, here, here's what I'll say about uh, the first two episodes of Clone Wars. There's a lot of setup in these in in these first two episodes in a way that is that that is for someone you know, who may not have watched Clone Wars, which is great because I thought about rewatching Clone Wars. I haven't watched it in, um, in quite a bit. I, or actually, I guess since the, the finale. And so I was a bit hazy in some spots. These first two episodes do a great job at setting you back up and putting you where you need to be 
to to enjoy this. Uh, that said, there is a lot to love here. I mean, there it is like putting on a comfy pair of jeans. Like everything that you loved about Clone Wars has not changed. The only thing that has changed is it looks damn better. Like whole, like it is just. You can tell that they've put, you know, they had a, a bit more budget uh, behind this one. You can tell that they've put extra time and care into this. And because of that, I'm really excited to see where, like, episode three and, and beyond. I don't want to do too much on the spoiler front because I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be watching it over this weekend. We'll probably talk a bit more about it on, you know, the, the Wednesday episode. Um, but you get introduced to all the characters that, that you know and love. It catches you up on, on where they've been. There is a bit, a, a small bit of time passage between the finale and where we are here. And if this is your thing and this is, you know, the, what, what you love as, as far as Star Wars goes, you're going to love this. If you're a new fan coming into this, I don't know if you're going to love it as much, but it looks so good. And in the, the, the pacing and the score and, and all of it, I think is enough to keep you going down the road because let's be honest what else are we going to watch <laughs> there's it's it's kind of a desert and so i guess you could watch netflix yeah <laughs> yeah to bring that back around but uh but no but i mean look i i i really really enjoyed it i like i said i don't know if it's uh if new fans coming into it are are going to love it as much i hope they do uh, it's and i hope it if anything it sends them back to want to watch the uh the original run of clone wars to try and catch up uh in the weeks because we're going to get episodes uh week by week so check it out for sure yeah if this is a time if you have not checked in the clone wars please go online look up comicbook.com star wars or you know wherever you can find and get yourself a viewing guide of all the crucial stories and episodes you should probably check out because as the star wars universe has expanded it's time if you've been like one of the holdouts who i don't need the animated now it's probably the time to get in so just do yourself a favor if you're a star wars fan of the movies I guarantee if you get into some of the better storylines, you're going to probably enjoy this a whole lot more than you think. And Rebels, too, so be sure to check that out on Disney+. Plus. All right, Matt, Jim, to close out the show, you guys want to talk about toys. As two grown men parents, you guys want to have, talk about toys? And I said, why stop them? Live your best life. So why don't you tell everybody about toys? So a toy fair is happening in New York City at oh, the man. hallowed Javits Center. Yeah, I miss this. I, I, I did toy fair when I lived in New York in, 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 in uh, Midtown Hell's Kitchen. For, it was great. It was like in my backyard every year. Yeah. I used to love that. It's a, it's a, I was it's, a grown man playing with toys all alone. Nobody else was allowed in. And it was great. It was a great time. So this is that. this is a a trade show. So it is not open to the public. It is open to press and and it's basically for uh for buyers and for uh manufacturers to show what they've got coming up with the various licenses and whatnot that they have. So Hasbro will be there with Marvel and Star Wars and Transformers and My Little Pony and all that stuff. Mattel will be there. Um, Matt, yeah. My Little Pony will be there. <laughs> Mattel will be there with... Well, I was uh, going to say know. Jim forgot Power Rangers. Oh, but, right. You know, Hasbro will, be there. Right. Hasbro will be, also be there with Power Rangers. Uh, Mattel will be there with WWE and and among among some other stuff. Um and but it, but we get like the first day of Toy Fair is when we really like was when we get the goods and they open it up and they're putting out a bunch of stuff. Although they've started to change it over a couple of years where they're starting to like slow drip releases where they like have curtains over boxes and things and be like oh, come I back Saturday, when that started. come back Sunday and check out to see you know what's under you know this case. But anyway, people were just people like some guy named 
Ophi Outlaw, I think, was like just burning through everything like in two seconds, and then just being like, headline, 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 here's her to that toy fair. And then we're just like, well, that was a quick media burst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what what makes Toy Fair so exciting is is we usually get some insight into uh, if there are movies coming out this year or early next year, and some insight into what uh, those figures and or costumes or or characters may look like. Um, and uh, and so it's so it's a great sort of place to do that. Like I, I bet you we'll probably see some Godzilla vs Kong stuff. Like we already know some of that stuff is already manufactured and out there because uh, of the I think it was the uh, Hong Kong toy show uh, a bit ago. And then, so we'll probably see that. Like Matt said, with Power Rangers, we'll probably get to see uh, what some of the next waves and potentially what some of the other replicas are looking for, uh, we're looking at. I'll throw it to you, Matt, in a second. But the thing I'm actually kind of really looking forward to is what uh, McFarlane is going to show because he's got the Mortal Kombat license. And this yeah. will probably be the first time that we get a full look at the spawn at what spawn is going to look like in the game, which is, and this will be the first articulated spawn figure that people have had that he's put out in a very, very long time. I'm a big spawn fan. We're in spawn shirt right now. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, but also his DC, his DC waves, uh, have looked great. We, you know, we got the first couple in the office. And I thought they were really, really, really great. And I'm, I'm curious to see how far, DC will let Todd go with these, with these figures. Um, so far they've been kind of generic and I think he's kind of voiced his frustrations a bit about that, but at the same time he's like, well, whatever, they let me do it. But like, I, I really want them to get to the point where like they let Todd do like, do let McFarlane be McFarlane on this stuff. So, um, other than that, like, I think, I don't know if we'll get Eternals figures from Hasbro. I think it's a little bit too early for that. I'm sure they're done. Uh, maybe they'll surprise us. Uh, we'll see the, Black Widow stuff that we've seen, but Matt, what are you excited for? Wait, I just had a one question. Um, the Spawn, the new articulated one, are they going to release a cardiac figure to go along with that? <laughs> Since they're like the basic level of same level of popularity. Wow. <laughs> wow. Not to diss on Matt's favorite character, but Spawn is way more popular than cardiac. <laughs> you, look, Matt, you can't deny me on that one. <laughs> whatever. No, what are you looking forward to at Toy Fair, Matty? It's fine. I'm looking forward to an awesome Marvel Legends Cardiac figure that's going to come and it's going to mop the floor with Spawn figures. Uh, so, I'll tell ah, I'll tell you what, you at the rate that Hasbro is putting out a bunch of no-name characters, I am shocked wow. that they have not put Cardiac. You just had to diss wow. it, man. <laughs> what the hell? Like, look, we got Living right. Laser before we got Wow. Cardiac. Wow. Yeah, cuz they're saving the ace for later. Sure. He has to anchor a wave, all right? Gosh, jeez, man. That's some that's some standards, Jim. All right, so I'm excited. One, because I'm hoping this is the year. I remember uh, Comic-Con last year uh, when I talked to the Hasbro team and was like, hey, would you ever think about doing another Sentinel, like an actual scaled Sentinel to the rest of the Legends line? We got one like years ago, mm -hmm. like, like a, build a long figure. time Toy ago, Biz did that. Toy Biz did that one. I don't, uh, yeah, not so, him. you know, and those were awesome at the time. Um but you also had to do the collective figure thing to assemble them and all that. And I was like, would you ever just sell a standard one so I could just go buy a big four big Sentinels so I could have posed around the thing? And they were like, oh, you know, we'd be open to it, whatever. I would love they, – they've been heavy on the X-Men these last few years. I would love for them to, like, make that one of their big announcements. You know, it's no uh, Star Wars barge. 
that takes like five hundred thousand dollars to make uh so it would actually be feasible and people will buy it so i i think that would be great um i'm looking forward to those i'm also looking forward to uh you know speaking of power rangers that the rumors there's nothing out there quite yet uh but the rumors are that uh dragon dagger will be the next replica thing to come from hasbro's line uh some were a little upset because like you know green ranger it's a dragon dagger it had been done before but it hasn't been done in the hasbro style i will say as the now owner of a hasbro lord draken uh it is way better than the other <laughs> lord draken so i am very excited to get a new version of the dragon dagger and anything else that they release and we're also probably going to get wave five of the ranger figures which means i get a ranger slayer figure if the if the rumors hold true which they have so far the last few waves so i'm excited for that um we're also expecting a big gi joe yep presence but no one really knows what that is it's there, just like there were some be, photos out there of a yeah. a legends style snake eyes figure that seems to be a potential convention exclusive uh we don't know what but it i mean it it looks good. It basically looks like a Deadpool figure painted black with a visor over its face. But I mean, that's what Snake Eyes is. So whatever, that's fine. Well, um, I mean, and they have all of those leftover blue and yellow Deadpools. I think so it's Snake Eyes is Deadpool clone. I'm not saying. I'm saying, but as far as I Deadpool mean, look, wasn't I, even a stain on Rob Liefeld's brain when Snake Eyes was saving the world for America. Uh, but also on the rumor front, um, it, which which I thought was really cool. So. Uh, I guess a couple months ago, Hasbro put out Marvel Legends style figures on classic 90s toy biz packaging for the X-Men yes. figures. The rumor is they are going to do that again, but for Spider-Man, for the 90s Spider-Man figures. And I uh, I love those figures. And so I I am very much excited for those. Matt, thank you. Well, I'm sorry. You dissed Cardiac. I don't owe you anything. This may be a chance for you to get a Cardiac figure. I mean, I mean technically he is more of a Spider-Man chance. character than anything, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that seems like a natural stopping point because uh we should end on a cardiac mention every time, right? So that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. And if you're just getting involved with the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed. Or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Google Playlist. Or you can find video of the show on the comicbook.com YouTube page. If you want to continue the discussion about anything we brought up or pitch us any topics or just say what's up, hit us up at the hashtag comicbooknation or you can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Jim Biscardi. Hey, you can hit me up at Matt Aguilar CB. And if you like the show, go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We're quickly coming up on another junction point where we're going to dip back into some reviews, read them on the air, and if we read yours in the show, you get a free Comic Book Nation t-shirt like the one I'm wearing oh, here. Oh, wearing one. Yeah, I'm always branding. ABB, always be branding. So, <laughs> ab. Anyway, back to our shirts. Leave us that five-star review. You get a shirt. And we love sending those out and hearing what you guys have to say about the show. So go on iTunes over the weekend and be sure to do that. That'll do it for this episode. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you guys next episode of Season 2. Thank you for tuning in. As always, peace. Later. Deuces.